I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Chief around here, yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. On time. But let me go ahead and tell you. Shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> Look how far we've come. You're still here. This is us. These are my confessions.
What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 393 of the Hoots Podcast. It's your boy, the Nefarious Brother Adam, aka Josh Lopez. You can find me on Twitter if you like at the Hoots Podcast. Just want to say uh, thank you all for rocking with me uh, on this journey to episode 400. Now we're seven episodes away, which is pretty cool. If this is your first time watching or listening to the Hoots Podcast, I just want to say thank you for the support. Uh, please like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're very close to reaching the 500 subscriber benchmark, which is pretty cool as well. Um, we got a lot to discuss this week. Uh, I wanted to make sure to have another podcast before the new year started, so I wanted to come on here and um, express a lot of different thoughts. And you guys see the title of this week's episode being dubbed, What Has 2023 Taught Me? And I'll get to that in just a couple of seconds, but let me get the plugs out of the way. Like I said, you can find me, if you want, on social media, at the Hoots Podcast. Uh, if you guys could do me a favor, if you guys see my uh, personal Instagram page, uh, Josh Lopez Media, on Instagram, can you report it and tell Instagram that at Josh Lopez Music is trying to get his Instagram account back? I would deeply appreciate it. Long story short, my Instagram account got hacked about a few weeks ago, and the guy or whoever uh, hacked the account is like, oh, you want uh, your account back, you got to cash zap and whatever. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I tried to reset all my information and try to get back to the account, but Instagram is not helping out. Um, they make you do like a video, like verification type of test. I did that. <laughs> like you got to tilt your head in different directions and it, it, it's still hacked. And I know that friends of mine reached out to me asking if I'm okay. Cause they've been getting these random messages. Supposedly the guy is pumping out Bitcoin and endorsing Palestine and all this extra shit. And, I know I'll get the account back. This is a little struggle, but if you guys still do follow me on Instagram at Josh Lopez Media, uh, and you are getting messages from that guy, just report the account and tell them at Josh Lopez Music is trying to get his account back. It really uh, mean a lot to me. Outside of that, more on a more positive uh, tip, I just wanted to express again, I'm very appreciative for each and every single one of you for supporting this podcast since day one. And, um, you know, I was looking at the uh, stats today for the podcast. Um, right now, literally, we're at 950,000 downloads and plays on uh, Spotify for podcasters, which is our home base where I put the show where it gets distributed to all those different platforms like Apple Podcasts. What? Spotify. What? Uh, Google Play. What? iHeartRadio. What? <laughs> We got a whole bunch of different places that you can check out the Hoots Podcast each and every single week. And I am very appreciative for the fact that we're still kicking it and having fun shows and kicking ass. I think uh, last week's edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW is probably one of the best ones I've done in a while. And um, I'm just very excited for what 2024 has in store for us uh, with the podcast and just in general um, 2024 is going to be a big year for me. Obviously, I'm turning 30, and I've been on this journey of rediscovering myself uh, in a lot of different ways. And I'm just really um, very appreciative for where my heart and my head's at at this current juncture where um, I'm really taking the time to like be present and just enjoy what's in my heart. 
now and just being happy and not really being bogged down over things I don't have control over. You know, that's really where my head's at right now. And I'm just very appreciative of the fact that I have the opportunity to come out here and record shows for you guys um, to continue uh, to have my uh, job back, which is awesome, obviously. And three, you know, like I said, we're really working on myself and, you know, getting my health together. Obviously, it's very important, but um, I feel the best I've had in a very long time. I'm looking the best I've looked probably since I was in high school. And right now, I'm just very um, appreciative of what I have in my life right now because um, I really have nothing to complain about. Life is good for me, and I'm just in a really good uh, place overall. And, I'm, I'm, again, I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, but I am very um, appreciative for each and every single one of you for continuing to support the show because I know this is not a dirt sheet show. I know I'm not talking about booking the entire time. I, I know how it goes with these wrestling podcasts, especially on YouTube. But we try to bring something different to the table, and I've always said this is not only just a wrestling podcast. Uh, it's a live podcast, and I'm bringing you guys in that I don't usually get to express to other people that I know in my life. So uh, just know that every time you watch or listen to one of my shows, understand I'm the same person you're listening to and seeing right now as I am in person. So again, uh, I just want to say thank you. Also, I want to plug really quickly, check out my uh, transcripts, aka my play-by-play result articles at wrestlingheadlines.com. Um I'll be doing the SmackDown uh, Best of 2023 show tomorrow night as well. So be on the lookout for that. And then we're going to go full steam ahead into 2024 and WrestleMania season. It's going to be very, very busy for your boy. But I'm excited, man. There's some cool things to look forward to in 2024. Um, I told you before I'm turning 30 in May. And also I'm going to Puerto Rico um, in the end of March, uh, my family from my dad's side had made this uh, plan to have a full trip to go to this Airbnb place. I forgot the name of the city and town we're going to be in, but um, towards the end of March, I'll be going to Puerto Rico, spend some time with the family, um, little uh, little place to honor um, my Wello and Wella. Obviously, that's kind of the main attention of the, the trip and this is really a trip uh we never really had to do uh together as a full family like a lot of us are very busy doing our own things now but to have like the really first real trip like this uh with that type of um surrounding and circumstances uh, i'm very excited for it and um i haven't been to the island since i was in high school so <laughs> i'm excited to go back to puerto rico um, speaking of 2024, um, right now, a lot of the things that I want and what I'm shooting for right now, obviously, I have a goal that I'm trying to reach with this weight loss stuff I've been doing. But a lot of the other things I've, I've been wanting to do is to make sure that, hey, I go to this place, obviously, go back to Oviedo, um, you know, go visit my sister. Et cetera, et cetera. But one of the main things for me that I'm really shooting for for 2024 is this. I know this is a bad thing for the people who are listening now, but if you see the video version of the podcast, I'm pulling up here my WrestleMania shirt that my mom got me for Christmas this year. And uh, one of my goals 
for 2024 is to make it to Philly for WrestleMania. Um, I It's my goal for me to go to Philly and cover the event. Um, I've been to six WrestleManias in the crowd. I think it's time. I think those who've watched and followed my work over the years will agree. It's time for me to go there and actually work and cover the shows and not be sitting in the crowd like a jackass. Uh, I think I'm past the point of this attending shows. Um, it's time for me to be in those press boxes, let alone work for the company. And that's where my mindset is heading into 2024. I'm not taking any prisoners. I'm not taking no for an answer. And I'm going to go and continue to do what I do and be the best at my craft and continue to strive to be better each and every single week. That's, that's where my head's at right now when it comes to the stuff that's going on professionally because um, I know what was taken away from me this year, and I don't want that feeling again. I, I don't. I don't want that feeling again. And it made me start to question myself about, you know, where what my value is in the field. Uh, where do I – does my opinion with – the wrestling fans in general, does it matter? Am I making a difference? Is this show making a difference? Is the articles that I'm doing making a difference? Like, I had a lot of those questions that I started to doubt myself when I lost my job earlier this year. And I really had to take that time to just reevaluate a lot of things. And, you know, <laughs> call it whatever you want, but I know that nobody can touch me when it comes to doing the play-by-play articles, and that that's just a shoot. Um, as far as the podcast is concerned, um, I never really treated this show as something for me to, you know, pump my chest out or do, like, dick measuring contests. I'm not that type of guy. Uh, what I will say is when it comes to this podcast, this show has, for, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, this podcast has probably been one of the most authentic and raw conversational type of podcast in the world of professional wrestling. Um, what you see is what you get. Um, <laughs> like I said, if I'm next to you, we're having the same conversation. And that's always been the goal uh, since me and Adam uh, started the show together. And I think I tried my best to keep that theme and that um, core message and that attention. I, I I hope I've accomplished that in the eight years that we've still been doing this show. But compared to a lot of the other shows where we're just copying and pasting takes that we see on Twitter or from these wrestling websites, um, compared to what I do and the good brothers that have been on this show over the years, I feel like we have the most authentic podcasts in the world of professional wrestling, and nobody can tell me different. So right now, I'm just very um, cognizant of what's in front of me. And um, many of you know, I've been talking about it. the future of the show is up in the air. I don't know whether or not this show will continue on after WrestleMania this year. But um, I think since I got to this journey of, you know, doing the weight loss stuff and rediscovering myself, I really took a lot of time to ponder what's going to be next for me because it really is time for me to start applying action and really starting the next chapter of my life. I've been 
talking about it ad nauseum over the years about how I'm ready to start the next chapter of my life and that I'm tired of being in Chicago and I, I want to be in Florida and I'm, I had my fill here, right? And I, it was interesting because I had a conversation with my sister a couple of weeks ago and she was telling me, it's very true, what I'm doing right now, I could be doing anywhere else. And I have to be also realistic over the fact that things can change in a moment of time. I don't know what the next six months is going to look like for me. I don't know what things are going to look like for uh, from a year now as we head towards 2025. I, I don't know. What I do know is that I'm, I can't sit here and wait. I have to go and be about what I want. It, I, can't, I can't do what I want to do here in Chicago anymore. I just can't. Even if that means I find an apartment that's not expensive or the greatest looking at the time, I I, I, I need to go. <laughs> and that's something I've realized a lot this week. And I think a lot of the steps and positive steps I've taken in, you know, being independent and, you know, taking care of myself and, you know, learning how to cook and all that stuff, I can do that anywhere now. And I, I have enough confidence within myself to know that I'll take care of myself. I already did it when I was on my own at my other place. Um, right now, I, for the biggest thing for me, and I love the fact that I do have my family here and the support system that I've had here um, since I moved into this place, it's been, it's been wonderful. I couldn't ask for anything more uh, in regards of having a support system. But even then, it's still a reminder for myself of what I want is not here. Um, what I need is here. The love and care and affection that I get from my Wella and my Wello. And obviously, you get to re, uh, reconnect with my Diti Lucy and Jose um, has been phenomenal. Uh, I, I talk about it a lot because it's true. I, I didn't have this a few years ago. And when you get to reconnect with family, you get to see who's really about you and not. And I, I, I've really grown a lot uh, maturely and spiritually since I moved it, since I moved in here. And it, it just even for either for like illustrates like what I really want and what I need out of myself now. Like I got in this path of fixing myself inside and figuratively right but at the same time i'm not satisfied <laughs> no matter how many times i try to convince myself that something will change and that a door will open here in chicago with one of these radio stations i know that it's just not here with the ageism that comes on with both of these stations at the score and ESP 1000 after being told multiple times you're more than qualified for a position than then never being hired within the process. I, I'm not naive. I know I know the game. I know this industry and I know how politics work. Look, I'm not going to blame people. Uh, I'm not naive to that, but I have to be honest with everybody. You can't tell somebody with a straight face that you're more than qualified for a position multiple times for multiple interviews at the same stations for the same position and still not be hired or given a reason as to why you're not hired. 
what am I supposed to do with that? Am I supposed to sit here and sulk for the rest of my life and do something that I don't want to do? You know, I love Chicago. I'm fucking proud to say that I was born and raised here. You know, but there's also realities of Chicago that I'm tired of. I'm tired of the violence. Um, you know, I think a lot of big part of me is the fact that um, a lot of people in my life are off doing their own thing. Like, I, like I mentioned before, obviously what I have here is great, but you know, a lot of my main friends like live out of the state and <laughs> I don't get out as often. Um, I wouldn't say that there are times where I'm like feeling lonely or depressed, but I, I do like wake up at times and I'm like, why am I still in this city? You know, why am I here? And then it goes back to, you know, okay, yeah, you can talk about going to Florida, but you don't have the money to pay for it and stuff like that. But I I did get my job back. I am doing really well with saving the money that I do have in my savings account. And I know what I want. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm working from home. And I'm having to say that I could have a nice, uh, decent career and make a decent amount of money working from home. But does it have to be here where I'm putting my life on the line every time I go downtown uh, to get steps in or just to go to a produce store? Now I get it. You can get injured anywhere in the country. But my bigger point is what comes with Chicago, I've had my fill of it. I, I just have. And what I want is not here. The, the doors are not opening here. <laughs> and I could continue doing this show and do my transfers and make my money. And I could do that anywhere in this fucking country. I could. And for me, I'm just mentally, I'm just done with the city. Doesn't mean that I don't have the love and care for my family. I do. That that's never been an issue. That I, here's the thing with here's something you guys don't know about me. I'm more of a person that shows within actions. Some things don't have to be said. I'm a person that doesn't believe that things are like really obvious doesn't need to be said. So sometimes, yeah, I might be coming off shy, you know, or whatever in person, but some things are a given, like having love for family, having your faith in loving God. That's a given. I don't need to ex express that. So it could be like, hey, look at me. I'm this type of person. You know, I have a podcast. Yes, I'm a broadcaster, but I'm also a human being, too. You know, I, I, I yes, I have a platform, but I'm not a person that's like, hey, look at me. I'm just not. <laughs> I, I am a. I am a person that lets his work speak for himself, and I've always been that way, and I always will be that way. We got a comment here from the good brother Sam Piopo. What's going on here? If I know anyone who will go out and achieve what's in their heart, it's my boy Josh. You can and will do anything, brother, and you'll have us support you no matter what. I love you, man. I love you, man. I appreciate that. Sam, I've had a lot of uh, deep conversations with Sam over the years, even over stuff that is unrelated to wrestling stuff. And um, he's definitely one of the truest people, purest people I've ever met in my life. And um, I appreciate you always being there for me. And 
Um, I'm very grateful for the times I'm there to pick you up when you're going through your shit too, man. And um, that that's the that's the great thing about brotherhood. I, I, you know, the title of this week's episode is called "What What Has 2023 Taught Me," and that's why we're getting like very deep and very personal right now because I'm, I'm in a reflective point of view, uh, point of uh, view right now. That's where my head's at right now. And it's just like 2023. It's been it's been a shithole. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It hasn't been easy for me. But having guys like Sam, uh, like Brother Carter, like Pat, the crew that we have here for this podcast, I could be more grateful for you guys because, man, <laughs> when you get in your head as a content creator and not knowing whether or not your show is like overstaying its welcome or if your opinion means anything to anybody that can really fuck with your head sometimes. And I, I admit there's been times where I'm like, I, I don't know if we should could be continue on doing this, but I, I've been seeing the numbers recently and just like the feedback we've been getting with the shows, like you guys have always come through for me. And I, I don't, I don't forget that. I don't take that shit for granted because, um, you know, yeah, I've been, part of the wrestling media for 10 years, but it doesn't make me better than anybody that does shows like this. You know, I'm, I'm just one person <laughs> and I'm very appreciative of you guys um, caring enough. Even if you disagree with something of a take of mine that I have about wrestling, like um, the brotherhood and the genuine care and interest that you have for this show um, means a lot to me. And the fact that when we do reach to episode 400, it's going to be a good time and a good, just a good time to celebrate more than anything. You know, uh, I got really emotional when I did episode 300 because I didn't know what was going to come next. But I think this time is going to be a little different. Like when we do reach episode 400, once I do reach the, the million uh, benchmark on Anchor, like, it's going to be a celebration, not just for me, but for all of you guys for making this possible and making this worthwhile. And I'm very, I take this shit seriously because I love what this show has meant to a lot of people and what it could do for people to get their mind off of things that they deal with their everyday life. And if I can make somebody laugh or give them a different perspective on things, then I think I've done my job. Fuck what I have to think about wrestling. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if we're all talking out of both sides of our ass, I've I never been in the wrestling industry. I can't tell you that my perspective is on a higher pedestal than anybody else. Um, all I know is that what I do realize within myself, and one thing I have learned about myself in 2023 is that my work ethic is cannot be touched. Um, and... Every time I've got myself into a, like a pit mentally or emotionally, I, I dug myself out and I kept myself grounded. I, I told this story before, but I really the big uh, basis of me uh, starting like my journey with the weight loss stuff was the fact that um, when I lost my job, I was helping my dad out on his uh, food delivery route, right? And um, one of the days before my birthday, uh, we were on the south side delivery meet, and I accidentally messed up my ankle. And that was really the sign for me that I needed to um, get my shit together. But I also 
just that time period, I was just like really down on myself and I needed to get myself motivated. I needed to wake up. Like I, that time period earlier in like February, March and April, I, I was just, I was not me at that time period. And I could admit that looking back on it now. Um, and I was watching the last dance and just seeing the way Michael Jordan went about his business. Yeah, there was times he was an asshole and a jerk to his teammates, but a lot of the other stuff that made him what he is reminded me a lot of myself and how I go about my business as well. And I just got motivated again. And that's really what's been driving me to keep going, man. It's not easy, man. Like I, Monday through Fridays, I go about five miles a day. It's not easy, man. <laughs> doing 10,000 steps nearly every single day, sometimes doing 20,000. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I did 30,000 and stuff like that. It's not easy, man. This this process, this project I've been on, is hasn't been easy for me at all. But um it's been worth it. Like I'm, I'm kind of surprised with like the progress I've made with a lot of this stuff too, you know, because like, um, one thing I've always prided myself on is the fact that like I'm consistent. Um, you guys see that with the show, you guys see that with the transcripts, obviously. And I was like, it's just another like good sense of like clarification. Like, Hey, if you put your mind to something, there's nothing and nobody that can stop you from doing what you want to do, right? And I've always did that. So why not be any different when I'm just trying to make sure that obviously I'm taking care of my health, I'm taking care of me, and I have a goal. <laughs> For those who don't know, my goal is to get down to 205. That's my goal. Um, I would say right now we're at like, like, 40% there. But even to say that, that's a lot for what I have from when I started this at the uh, beginning of June, you know, since I started this project and the progress. I mean, I, I, I look back the difference from right now as I'm talking to you from uh, some of our earlier video podcasts from this year. You, you can see the difference for yourself. And, um, this project has really taught me a lot about myself in, in a lot of good ways, too. Um, I think one thing I don't give myself credit for is how uh, disciplined I am when I put my mind to things and just in general how disciplined I am. Um, I don't smoke. Um, I don't drink. I don't go to clubs, obviously. I don't really take a lot of pills. Um, I don't begrudge people who do have to take pills for medical purposes, but when it comes to like smoking and drinking and stuff, it's just not me. Um, I I am straight edge. I do own up to that fact, but um, that doesn't make me better than anybody. I, I choose to be straight edge because it's what's best for me. And I feel like I'd be in a way worse position if I wasn't taking care of myself with the uh, health wise and also adding on smoking and drinking too. So I, it was just a good reminder for me, like, Hey, you know, yeah, maybe you, you're not cool or whatever because you don't drink or smoke or smoke weed or whatever. Hey, if, if that makes me lame or whatever, fine. I, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> it is what it is.
But at the same time, I don't look down on people who do drink or smoke because I the uh, the most uh, a lot of the most important people in my life have struggled with drugs or alcohol. And I, 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 one of the other things I pride myself on is being there to help people uh, when they're at their lowest. And I, I'm very, very cognizant of those type of things because uh, I would want the same thing if I was in those positions. So if somebody's depressed or dealing with uh, addiction or whatever, I like being there and helping those people up during that process because um, I, I hate seeing people give up on give up on themselves it's very important for people to i want uh, for everybody that's watching and listening this right now it's very important for you to forgive yourself even if you're responsible for the position that you put yourself in like for me with everything that's been going on um even when i got my heart broken a few years ago i have forgiven myself even for things that I wasn't at the wrong for, you know? If you're struggling, if you're depressed, or you feel like you're at the point of no return and you feel like everybody's out to get you and you feel like you're not worthy enough or whatever's inside this demon that's called your your brain and inside your head, these voices, as Raniori would say, whatever's inside your head that makes you feel like you're not adequate enough for somebody or whatever, or you don't have any purpose in life, that's bullshit. Because you could pull, pull yourself out of it. But you have to take that time to heal and forgive yourself. And it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. So I, you know, when I meet people, whether they're friends or a partner or whatever, and they struggle with that, like I, I take pride in helping people during that process because a lot of people put a blind eye to it. You know how it is. A lot of people grew up with families that have like a robotic mindset and like, oh, this is the way things are supposed to be and blah, 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 blah. No, man. If I'm not going to, if you're telling me that you're depressed and you feel like you have nobody can talk to you, I'm not going to tell you to, oh, suck it up, be a man and get over it. I'm not going to tell you that. No, because you're dealing with that. And that's not a bad thing either. You know, so yeah, I like, I like helping people along the way, man. So a lot of the other things that 2023 has taught me in a lot of ways as well is the world of professional wrestling. Obviously, we just talked about the personal end of what this year's taught me. Let's talk a little bit about wrestling. 2023 has taught me a lot in the world of professional wrestling. For better or for worse. By the way, uh, I want to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> um, 2023 in professional wrestling has taught me that there's levels to promotions. You know, you always hear the saying, there's levels to this shit. That's never been more clear in my eyes than 2023. I already knew in a lot of ways that WWE is the major leagues and everybody else is like over here. But seeing it, in living color as it's happening is another thing too. And seeing how this year's gone for AW where they start off the year acting like their shit those thing. Oh, we're about to get CM Pump back. We're going to debut this new show called Collision on TBS. 
Uh, we got all the wrestling uh, media awards known to man. <laughs> Tony Khan feels like he's the smartest wrestling mind on God's green earth. And here we are in December of 2023. They got a pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. Does anybody know that the pay-per-view is coming on or give a fuck at this point? <laughs> um, uh, it's just very interesting how this year has gone for AEW. I, I'm not happy about it, to be honest with you, like the negative discourse that goes around AEW. I know that may shock some people because I am highly critical of the company, but I, for somebody, for a promotion to claim that they offer elite style wrestling, I have to see it within my own eyes. You can tell me everything. Your actions will tell me whether or not you're elite. And I think that's really been the biggest uh, point of contention that I have at AEW. It's not that it exists or uh, it takes away from WWE or I, I'm not a fan that enjoys competition or whatever like that. No, that's not the case. But all the pitfalls that's gone on with this company on air and behind the scenes especially, uh, it's just kind of validated everything me, Brother Carter, Sam, everybody else has said on this podcast over the years about AEW, and <laughs> the truth hurts. I'll just be upfront about it. Truth hurts. <laughs> I know it's not easy for a lot of people to listen to the truth, especially when they want something new, the new flavor on the block to be like elevated to a level that they don't belong on, but they brought a lot of negative attention to, towards themselves, and I'll, I'll get to it a little later on because, again, Chris Jericho can't keep his fucking mouth shut for once in his life, so I have to talk about that later on. But 2023 has taught me that there's levels when it comes to what's a major organization, then a wrestling company that's just satiating with the lowest common denominator. There's levels to this shit. That's what that's not, that's one of the big things that I learned in 2023. What I also learned in 2023 is that in wrestling is that never say never is a real thing. There's a lot of different aspects that I felt like came to fruition with those three words. Obviously, CM Punk coming back to the WWE for me, obviously, it's. Definitely one of the biggest wrestling moments in the last five to ten years. But there's also a lot of never say never that I I thought would not be the case. Like WWE being sold to a different company. You know, the McMahons no longer being the sole like proprietor of the promotion. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, I never thought there would be a day where the McMahons were not running the WWE. Yeah, Triple H runs creative, but Ari Emanuel is the boss of WWE. Nick Khan, even to a higher extent as well. So that, that was another thing that really caught me by surprise. Um, other things I've really noticed in 2023 is that um, tag team wrestling, especially... Um, AW tag team wrestling or trios matches are not good business. 
Um, they're not great to type out, to be honest with you, because a lot of the matches don't make sense. They make the referees look stupid. Uh, it happens at times uh, in NXT, too. I noticed that as well. But 2023 has taught me a lot about the fact that referees don't get enough respect for the job they're supposed to do. And I don't think promotions across the industry do a good enough job to highlight the important role the referees do have in that situation. Because, you know, you can have an odd finish go bad or whatever. And I get it. Shit happens. It's live TV. Not everything's going to be perfect all the time. But... I feel like a lot of times a lot of these referees are put in positions where they can't succeed, and then it makes the match look bad, it makes the show look bad, it makes the angle look bad, and then it affects the pushes of wrestlers a long way because at the end of the day, it's not just the two people in the ring that you got to make sure it look good at the end of the contest. You have the referee there as well because the referees are just as important as the announcers are. And they're in a lot of ways they're steering the ship of the match. And I know that. And I know you work in the industry. I, I see it within my eyes, especially as somebody who uh spends as much time as I do like transcribing the matches and doing stuff like that. Like it referees are important where you whether you want to admit that or not, referees are important to a wrestling match. So when you have fucking eight people at ringside getting to a pier six brawl during the AW match and nothing's going on and then people get hit people with baseball bats right from the referee hi Aubrey Edwards hey I hope you're watching this show <laughs> thank you um <laughs> like it, it's right in front of your eyes and you're making the referees look stupid along the way too another thing that 2023 taught me is that TV 14 wrestling doesn't make you a good wrestling product. Now, I'm going to exclude Impact from this because I haven't been watching Impact since I lost those shows and I lost my job earlier this year. So I'm leaving TNA away from this conversation. But 2023, especially with AW, has shown me that just because you're TV 14, that doesn't mean that all your angles and stuff are not uh, subject to criticism. I think a lot of people have like rose colored glasses from the attitude era. And that if you have, if your show's TV 14, then it's everything's going to be good because you, you're allowed to curse. You're allowed to bleed or like, uh, you can be a jackass like John Moxley it, who's trying to do his best bruiser Brody Abdullah, the butcher impression every other week. And I'm sure he's going to bleed this Saturday in this match against Eddie Kingston at World's End. You get my point, though, right? Just because you're TV 14, that does not mean that you're going to have a good wrestling show. That's another thing that 2023 has taught me. Um, the art of patience, I think, is another thing that 2023 has taught me. Look at Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio in that build-up towards their match at WrestleMania 39. Everybody was such a rush for Ray to hit Dominic. It happened, but by the time it happened, a lot of the people who do shows like this or whatever, like, oh, they waited too long for Ray to attack Dominic. Oh, where's the build for Ray and Dominic? Yet the build's been going on since Class of the Castle. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of the shows that 
talk about wrestling, live and die by these weekly wrestling shows. And I don't because I see and cover the industry. You're not going to get every answer to an angle or a feud on one episode of Raw or SmackDown. And it, it tests a lot of people. And I, I get it. We're in a microwave society. And I know people struggle with ADHD. And that's not something that I take lightly or look down on people for. But collectively, I think we all can agree that we have too much of a microwave approach to watching and consuming professional wrestling. That, that's just my opinion. I mean, look look at the Bloodline story. Look at the Judgment Day and the twists and turns that they have with that faction. I could, There's countless different examples of not rushing and dropping your load like Tony Khan does with all his shows every single week. Letting shit play out actually means something when you actually go about it the right way. And... You know, look at Jay Uso, for example. Early in the year, he stopped Sami Zayn from getting attacked from Solo at the Tribal Court at Raw 30. Uh, we see the 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 internal struggle he goes through during WrestleMania season to the point where him and his brother fight Kevin and Sami at WrestleMania. They get to main event WrestleMania. And after that, Jay gets... You know, the blame for it, right? And then we get Jay and Jimmy against Roman at Money in the Bank, which is still one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, that Money in the Bank pay-per-view was fantastic from one of them. Um, also, the, the one in Puerto Rico is very good as well. So, shout out to the island. <laughs> wepa, wepa, wepa. Uh, but you, you get what I was saying, right? So, look at that. More more months go by. Now Jay is still getting into that main event Jay Uso thing. He fights Roman Reigns in the main event of SummerSlam. His brother turns on him. Jay cuts back, and now he's on Monday Night Raw, and he wins tag team titles with Cody Rhodes, the same guy who lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And you see another rise in the elevation of Jay Uso this year. And the art of patience really... Is something that I, I know a lot of people don't have these days. But all I'm trying to say is that if you see one angle go in a different direction one week, that doesn't mean the angle jumped the shark or it's ruined or whatever. Because seeing where Jay Uso is right now going into 2024, where he probably is one of the favorites to be in like that final four of the Royal Rumble to where he was earlier in the beginning of the year. It's it's insane, man. You got one of the main things I would like to express is just watch the show. Watch the show. <laughs> you'll get more information than you'll ever want if you just watch the show. I think a lot of times we like work ourselves into shoots with our like fancy booking ideas and stuff like that. And I I get it. It's great for discourse and all of us do that as wrestling fans. But if you're watching the show and expecting all the answers that you're looking for from a fancy booking standpoint on a random-ass Monday Night Raw from Little Rock, Arkansas, and you don't get it, and you, you throw a hissy fit about it on Twitter, who's really at fault there? 
Is it the company or you? Well, also I learned in 2023 is that I think it's time for one singular women's championship in WWE. Um, I don't think right now there's a lot of great death. Uh, I think at times there could be situations where, um, <laughs> sorry about that. I got left this ring here for a little bit. <laughs> Hold on, let's, um, I'm going to let that ring. I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. I don't know why people are calling me on Instagram. Hey, speaking of Instagram, come give me my freaking account back. Ninkaboop. <laughs> um, anyways, I was saying, uh, I... Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good women's wrestlers out there. I just don't think there's a lot of great depth. I think that one, just one singular women's championship would suffice. Um, oh, God, stop calling me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. My God. <laughs> um, I was going to say, again, that I think there's good women on the roster, but I think one singular women's champion would be good. I I agree with that. So that's one on the critical side I would have for WWE. Um, one thing I've also learned in 2023 is that um, I think a lot of people jump the gun on saying that NXT is a failed project. I'll, I'll say that. Um, it hasn't been always rainbows and butterflies since they made the switch to uh, 2.0. But I will also say for the fact that, hey, you know, I think that the brand is gaining momentum and people are enjoying the shows. And there are people to look forward to on the pipeline of WWE and the Performance Center for people that we'll see eventually on Raw and SmackDown. I mean, you look at the guys like uh, the Creed Brothers who are killing it right now on um, Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, eventually we'll see more of Carmelo Hayes. He was part of that United States uh, Championship Tournament. Um, you know, Brock Breaker will finally <laughs> show up on these shows. We'll have to see how that goes. But... Um, We'll have to see. Um, I, I do think that NXT is pumping out some good content. Um, it's fun to watch. I enjoy the dynamics between uh, Vic Joseph and Booker T. I really do. I want to see where things go for NXT as you go into the CW uh, when they make that change in the fall of next year. Um, it's going to be very good. I'm looking forward to it. And... Um, yeah, so th that's my real shindig there uh, as far as NXT is concerned. Uh, let's talk about this as well. What I also learned about 2023 is that um, people can't appreciate greatness. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Tribal Chief here for a second. Oh, my God. I'm just going to turn my phone off, okay?
I'm just going to turn my phone off. <laughs> Let's hide this back. All right, got that situated. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't think I was getting bombarded with calls today. Um. Anyways, um, preaching greatness. I, um, I, uh, I think when you look back at 2023, and I think a lot of people obviously are still upset over the fact that Roman Reigns defeated Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, right? And he's just, they, they, they can't get over that. They just can't. They can't. Um, understand it. And I get it. There's a lot of right on the wall. You know, obviously Cody won the Royal Rumble. He was getting a lot of momentum. Obviously, the build-up for the program made a lot of sense. A lot of things goes with the finish story. I get it. A lot of this goes back to wrestling being subjective, right? But I I am a believer with the wrestling business that it's about making money, and it's not always about creative all the time. And I think we kind of get lost in the shuffle with that. When you look at um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know a lot of people are salty about that, but it's like, you know, you look at um, Roman Reigns and what, what he does on the shows is that, like, whether he's the champion or regardless of his schedule, business is still working. You look at the Reigns every time he pops up on these shows. You look at ticket sales. And, yeah, he is a Brock Lesnar at this point. I, I'll admit that. But Roman Reigns delivers, and he's, a, he's a, an aspect of the industry that's not showcased enough. In a lot of ways, he's an attraction. And I know in the 80s, there wasn't a lot of TV like we do get now in 2023. There wasn't as many pay-per-views as it were. There weren't as much pay-per-views in the 80s as there were right now, you know. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that for... Um, for Roman Reigns, he should be crucified over the fact that he signed a contract that works best for him and his family. He recently had a new set of twins. He has five kids to raise. I don't blame the guy. I don't. But you could be tired of his tottering, but let's not like discredit the guy for what he brings to the table, pun attended, uh, when it comes to WWE. And he's one of the best performers in the industry. Yeah, maybe he's not here for favor of the month. Maybe you're mad over the fact that he cheats in his title match. Oh, my God. A heel cheats in his matches. All I'm saying is, man, appreciate greatness because he's not going to be around that much longer. And 
that's that's what I gotta say about that. So that's a lot of little things here and there that stood out to me in the world of professional wrestling as we end up 2023. I'd love to know from you guys. Let me know in the comments section. Uh, hit me up on social media throughout the year, whether it's personally or uh, with wrestling. What has 2023 taught you? I, I'd love to see the responses as well. Again, I want to read that comment here from Sam. He says, uh, if I know anyone who will go out and achieve what's in their heart, it's my boy, Josh. You can't. It will do anything, brother. Amen, man. I love you. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say really quick before we go to our next segment, uh, there will not be a This Week in WWE over the fact that This Week's shows were just recap episodes. But I do want to say to go check out NXT from this week. Check out um, Dijak against Eddie Thorpe, the NXT Underground match. Fantastic. Some really, really good stuff in that match. And um, I also say we'd probably check out Noam Darren of Josh Briggs for that Heritage Cup uh, championship match. Um, but, yeah, that's what 2023 taught me. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get to one of our popular segments here in the Hoots Podcast, otherwise known as what the hell is wrong with AW right here on the Who's Podcast? folks it's time last week's edition of what the hell's wrong with aw was a legendary one let's see how this one goes ladies and gentlemen it's time once again to sit back strap it down get your popcorn ladies and gentlemen it's time for another stellar edition of what the hell is wrong with aew let's start this bad boy off the final what the hell's wrong with aw 2033 starts your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now, right this minute, 2022, we're living in, my time is now, my time is right, God damn, now! The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks, and I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A.E.W. Alright, folks. Your meat. Beat, beat, your meat. No. <laughs> Alright, folks. Welcome back to What the Hell is Wrong with A.E.W. Uh, I f- we forgot to play this part. Uh, here you go. 
Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Oh, man. What the hell's wrong? Eight. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. Um, I was going to say, um, I did not hear from a lot of people uh, in regards to any complaints about uh, last week's rant. So I think uh, that's a good thing. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, what the hell's wrong with AW this week? I mean,. Do we need to bring up Chris Jericho and his wife popping out the mouth on social media this week? I mean, I could just use that as the clown of the week, but um, I I have somebody else for the clown of the week this week. Let's start off with the Jericho stuff really quick because really not much to talk about from Dynamite last night. Um, he's gone on a lot of tirades recently on Twitter. I, I'm... I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about Chris Jericho and the way he's going about things, um, which is really sad to say because I obviously Chris Jericho was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid, and I enjoyed a lot of his work over the years. But for even for like the first part where he was like the champion in AW and doing the the lit champion, a little bit of the bubbly, like I enjoyed that stuff. But like ever since uh, he's got to AW, especially like the time period where he got to that feud with Pockets and then the MGF stuff and the inner circle and stuff like that. Like it's just like his career has been going down like this at a rapid pace too. And it's just like, I see him come out now, and I'm like, why? Why is he there? Like, it's not good content. And then you see him on Twitter, and he goes on these fucking tirades and stuff like that. Now he's going and picking fights with Stephen P. News, the the guy who associates himself with uh, Jim Cornette and uh, the guy who represents Jim Cornette and ACL, excuse me, and CM Punk. I think you all have seen this, right? These tweets going back and forth. Supposedly, Jericho uh, is mad at CVP News because there's been this uh, conversation about NDAs and why the Bucks and Punk can't or Tony Khan can't speak about the uh, the, the the brawl they have and they can't talk about AW. I guess they can't talk about each other. They got these NDAs for life now. And we got the news last week that. Matt Jackson's wife, Dana Massey, is uh, decided to leave AW. Uh, there's a lot of things going in and out of the promotion. And Chris Jericho's going after Stephen P. New because he associates himself with Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette hit, and Jericho have been going back and forth over the years because uh, Cornette's been fairly critiquing Chris Jericho's uh, lack of entertaining feuds and stuff like that on television over the last couple of years. And Chris seems to not be able to take criticism lightly these days. And I, I heard his interview uh, with Chris Van Vliet, and, like, I still want to support Jericho, and, like, I um, I don't know him personally, and it's just it just sucks, man. Like, I was a big Jericho guy, 
and here I am now in 2023 where I can't stand watching him on TV. And then I feel bad for him when he goes on these tirades and make it, and he he, um, he carries himself like a jackass uh, while the show's going on. And it, it's, it sucks. I don't want to come in here and rip Chris Jericho every week, but he does it to himself. And then he has his wife go on social media and she's carrying herself in a clown fashion, you know. Like, what are we doing here at this point? So, yes, Chris Jericho, um, you know, he's, I, I think he's a lost cause right now at AEW. I, I wouldn't call him a liability, but from a creative, I guess, standpoint and just a general enjoyment uh, point of view, like, what what purpose does he serve anymore in AEW? We see the fight close to everybody on that roster, and I, I don't think it's helping his legacy there. I know he loves being the David Bowie of wrestling, and he uh, now he doesn't want to be accepted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and he still butt her over the fact that he did WrestleMania, he did main event WrestleMania thirty three, and all that, and. I, I just wish it didn't get down to this point for Chris Jericho because it's like I want to not think that he's a bad person or stuff like that. I don't want to look in I don't want to look at him in that light, you know. I have a lot of respect for that man. I really do. But he's not doing himself any favors recently. And I, I hate to say that, but it's true. He's not doing himself any favors and I it sucks because Chris Jericho is a legend. Chris Jericho is one of the greatest of all time. And he's just carrying himself in a Jack Assian manner, you know. And I, I hate to say that, but it's true. And then you got your wife popping off in the mouth on social media. And we know her her deal and all that shit. It's, not, it's just not a good look. It, it, it really isn't. So I wanted to get that out of the way because I know that was a big bit of controversy. I get it. I, I threw it out there, like for me, I would I want CM Punk to be on this podcast before it's over. I'm throwing it out in the universe that Joshi wants to interview CM Punk. I, I'm manifesting it, right? But I also know if I do get the opportunity to interview CM Punk, obviously he's not going to be able to give me or anybody else the answers they're looking for as far as what happened in that brawl. Nor would I would want to go over it because we kind of know what did happen at that point. And I'm not really a person that's digging for dirt. I'm not a dirt guy. I'm just not. That's not how I uh, conduct, uh, conduct myself from a moral point of view. I'm not, I'm not looking for dirt. I'm not looking for a headline. Um, I want to have a conversation with the man. And I know a lot of people are like, well, we got to have the the hard-hitting questions. Uh, we got to know what happened. I, there's a way bigger question and hard-hitting question than what happened in a fucking fist fight in a locker room after a pay-per-view. There's a bigger question that I would ask regarding AEW to see a punk that nobody's been asking him. And I would be able to ask him that. So, I, yeah, I am throwing it out there. I would love to have CM Punk on the Hoops podcast, and we can make it happen. You got to manifest a vote. You got to throw it out there in the universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with that being said, I wanted to say, uh, let's talk a little quickly about what happened last night on Dynamite. 
uh, Dynamite was in Orlando uh, at the UCF building, the uh, Edition Financial Arena. I believe that's the name of the place, right? Um, cool venue. I, 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 um, I haven't been there, but I went past it because it's literally on the outskirts of Oviedo, and I've been around that UCF area before. So it's kind of cool that they did the show there last night. Um, let's play a couple clips here. Obviously, uh, my biggest positive takeaway that I had from Dynamite last night was um, Eddie Kingston um, against Brian Danielson. I love the match. Um, I thought it was going to be the predictable route of John Moxley and Brian Danielson in the finals, but um, I thought Brian Danielson did some good business here, and I thought the right person won in Eddie Kingston. But Eddie Kingston had some comments after the match. Um, let's hear what Eddie Kingston has to say about beating Brian Danielson and heading into this finals of the Continental Classic uh, right here on the Who's Podcast. Let's let's hear what Eddie has to say. What's up? Zane, yeah, yeah. Where is John, where's John Carlo? Yeah, he's on collision. Isn't it? I don't so, know what goes on here sometimes. What's up? Well, we saw you get a huge win against Brian Danielson that put it you in the finals. That wasn't just huge. People don't understand the mental game of this. I beat someone who I've never beaten, a man who's been a world champion everywhere he's gone, a man who is respected everywhere, a man, whether I like to admit it or not, I want to be at some point in time in my career. I want people to look at me the way they look at Brian with nothing but respect. So to beat someone like that, a demon, another demon that I had to beat, it's more than just a win. It's more than just a win because it helps me mentally. It helps me with my confidence because I'm going against another man or someone who I consider my brother, the brother I chose in John Moxley. Another man who I've never beaten ever in my career from the independence to here. He choked me out, made me say I quit. Brian calls me a bum and I took it in and I tell you I'm the king of the bums. My man, when I say that, I mean I'm king of the underdogs. I am king of the people who have been beaten down, but never stop. Never stop because they're passionate about what they do in their life. I am passionate about professional wrestling. The only thing that I've loved, I told my wife, I told everybody, you will never take the place of pro wrestling. Nobody will, because this is the only thing that kept me out of trouble. I had a pro wrestling Noah tape, and I got it, and I watched it, and two of my friends got shot at. I could have been there. Professional wrestling legit saved my life. And on Saturday, the 30th, in the city that I love just as much as pro wrestling in New York, me and John Moxley are going to show the world what the, what the sport, the beautiful sport of pro wrestling is about. This is not entertainment. This is not a game. We don't dance. We're not funny. We are going to fight. And we're going to show the world what professional wrestling is. Two men going in there and fighting with passion, with fighting spirit. And my heroes... Anoki, Baba, Ricky Dozan, Masawa, Kawada, Kobashi, Tawe, Akiyama, so many more will look at that match and they will cry a tear because we are showing the world what pro wrestling is. And pro wrestling is the strongest mixed martial art there is. That's my message. Buy it. I'll see you then, Mox.
right. So that was one from Eddie. Let's play the comments here from Brian Danielson next here. Let's play this one. Hey, Brian, uh, can I ask you a question? I, uh, one, I'm sorry for the loss in the Continental Classic. I just want to know, uh, after the, the Triple Crown slipping through the fingers, what do you think 2024 holds for, for you? Right now, uh, I'm not worried about 2024. I'm focused on what's happening right now inside me. Focusing on the sensations of being in a match so physical, how it feels in my body, how it makes me feel alive. Focusing on what disappointment feels like in my body. Not in my mind, not when I ruminate. What does disappointment feel like in my body? I thought, uh, This was the one, you know, one of, it's not just feeling. One of the reasons I meditate is so I can feel everything and to get to the truth of things, right? You can't, the whole world is deceiving themselves. We all deceive ourselves and I meditate so I don't deceive myself. And I've always known, deep down, that I'm the best wrestler in the world. That people like Eddie Kingston can never beat me because I'm the best. But now here we are, and I've got less than a year left. And this entire time I've been in AEW, I've gone after championship, after championship, after championship. And I lose every time. So at what point am I deceiving myself about being the best wrestler in the world? I got one more clip that I was going to play. Um, it kind of kind of rings home to what I've been kind of saying recently, but Eric Bischoff has some comments about AW being compared to uh, TNA. Here we go. TNA is a good example. The only difference between TNA and AEW right now is that AEW has made the commitment to produce their shows in front of arenas, arena audiences. That's becoming more and more of a challenge as time goes on, as we've discussed earlier in the show. But nonetheless, they're not producing their show in the soundstage. Other than that, they're just like TNA. Overhype, underdeliver, tons of former WWE talent, 
that have been cycled out of the system and established predominantly in, in the TNA product. That's happening in, in AEW as well. The only difference, like I say, is that, you know, Tony, to his credit, is continuing to produce a show in front of a live audience, arena audience. TNA is a good example. So, little comments and little pieces of video there. Um, I wanted to mention this really quick. I know they had the triple threat match with John Moxley, uh, Swerve Strickland, and Jay White. Um, I'm with everybody else. I, I think it's the wrong decision to grant Moxley another opportunity to get a shot at the world championship. Um, I thought Swerve was the right guy to win. Um, if anything, I think Moxley is the one that probably should have took the pin in that match because. Jay White, man, he, he keeps getting relegated as a JAG as these uh, opportunities continue to pass him by. And I, I disagree with the notion that's been running out there that Jay White would struggle or be lost in the shuffle if he was in WWE. I mean, where the hell is he now in AEW? <laughs> we, got, we got a watered-down version of the New Japan Jay White. That's what we see. But no, we gotta give uh, Wild Thing. You make my butt sting. Win another match that he doesn't need to win. So I understand the history between him and Eddie Kingston, and I, I enjoyed the match that they had at Full Gear a few years ago. And I'm sure the match they'll have this Saturday at World's End will be good. But um, I think the wrong person won that match in the Continental Classic. On a positive tip, I want to say that uh, Mariah May, very good, uh, very good waterfall. I, I, I think she has a bright future ahead of her, if you will. Uh, what else I wanted to mention really quick? Um, oh, yeah, the stuff with the devil, because I, I did see the main event and all that stuff with Max and Samoa Joe. There, there's been a lot of, like, I want to say tap dancing around this feud. There's been a lot of things that they had to dance around with to protect both guys because, obviously, Max has been dealing with a lot of injuries recently, and he's been uh, busy promoting the Iron Claw movie. But they really haven't been able to get him in the ring and stuff like that. So it's like you're not really having a main event. Two random guys in mask uh, get up, right, and the henchmen for the devil are now your new – Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Samoa Joe faints an injury uh, in the backstage area. And now we're supposed to be, believe that Samoa Joe is working under the, the guise of the devil. I'll tell you right now, whoever the devil is, they better hit a home run with this on Saturday. I'll tell you right now. They better hit a home run with this. Because if they don't, you're going to get closer and closer to where TNA and Impact was on Pop TV and Destination America. You better fucking deliver on who the double is. And if it's Jack Perry, I am going to laugh my ass off. And if it's Tony Khan, that's the devil. That is just pure and other grade A, homogenized, Holstein, fucking Wrigley Field bullshit. <laughs> and here's the deal, man. I want it to be Adam Cole. I wouldn't mind if it's Britt Baker. But if it's Jack Perry or Tony Khan that's the devil, 
Even if it's freaky Chris Jericho, I am going to go off next week. You twats better hit a home run with this angle because I haven't felt it at all. And it's not even making me even interested in this MGF Samoa Joe match. So, yeah, you can have Roderick Strong cut as many backstage promos and interviews he wants with the beautiful and sexy Renee Paquette. But it doesn't change the fact that this feud sucks. I just wish it's over. I, I'm tired of it. I'm done. I've seen enough. Enough already. Like the Michael Jordan uh, GIF. Stop it. Get some help. Tony Khan is devil. Get out of here. Clowns. All right. Let's do this. Let's do the excrement impression, and then I'll do my predictions. Yes! For AEW World's End. You see how I did it different? There's different meanings on that. No is a good thing. Yes is a bad thing. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. So, time for some uh, extra minute impressions, shall we? Coming to you live tomorrow night on TNT. It's another stellar edition of AEW Rampage. Here are your matches. Wheeler, you to put in a... Oh, I gotta restart. <laughs> There's a lot to uh, read down here. Right, here we go. I'm gonna... I'm gonna Three, two, one. Coming to you live tomorrow night on TT. It's another stellar edition of AEW Rampage. Here are your matches. For the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, it's Wheel Yuta taking out Matt Seidel. For there, we'll see Ruby Soho taking out Marina Spear. And our main event is a trios match pitting Action and Dreddy in top flight against Orange Cassidy, Rocky Mero, and Trent Beretta. Then coming up this Saturday, live from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York, it is AEW's World's End. Here are your matches on the pre-show. We have a 20-man battle royal where the winner will get a future AEW TNT Championship match. And for in the FTW Rules match, it's Hook putting his FTW title on the line against Wheeler Useless. From there, we get the beginning of the card with Eddie Kingston taking on John Moxley, the finals of the Continental Classic, where the winner will become the inaugural AEW Continental uh, Champion. <laughs> Look at what they have written down here on Wikipedia. It says, Championship Final of the Continental Classic for the inaugural Triple Crown Championship, ROH World Championship, and JPW Strong Openweight Championship, and inaugural AW Continental Championship. All right, here we go. Let's do World's End again, all right? Coming to live. <laughs> I'm all flipped up, man. This is throwing me off today. <laughs> um, here we go. We got World's Dead coming up this Saturday live for Nassau Coliseum. Here are your matches. Wait, first, we have the 20-man battle world for the future AWTNT championship title. Ugh, I'm, <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm not on my game this week when it comes to this impression. I don't know what's going on here. Coming live this Saturday is AW World's Dead from the Nassau Coliseum. We got the 20-man battle world for the a, uh, future AWTNT championship match. For the FTW Championship, Hook will be taking out Weir Yuta in an FTW Rules match. From there, we have the finals of the AEW Continental Classic, where the winner will become the inaugural AEW Continental Champion. It's Eddie Kingston taking on John Moxley. From there, for the AEW TBS Championship, we have Julia Hart taking on Abaddon. For the AEW Women's World Championship, Timeless Tony Sword takes on Riho. 
And we have an eight-man tag team match pitting Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and the Don Cows family taking on Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Vernier, it's a grudge match. And those qualification match for the AW TNT Championship, it's the champion Christian Cage taking on the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. Vernier, we have another great match featuring Swerve Strickland against Keith Lee. This match was made official last night on Dynamite as Miro will be taking on Johnny Alito. We'll have the beautiful CJ Puri at ringside. And our main event for the AW World Championship is the champion NJF taking on Samoa Joe. Make sure to get all your tickets right now at awtix.com. That's awtix.com. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Um, let me make my predictions really quick for this freaking hell hellhole show. You see me struggling during that uh, extra impression. Shows you how much lack of care that I actually have for this fucking pay review coming up on Saturday. <laughs> oh man! All right, here we go. Um, as far as the battle royal, I'll probably go with uh, Pentagon Junior. That'll probably be my guess. I'll go with Hook to retain over Wheels. Uh, I got. Um, I believe Eddie Kingston will beat John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston will be your inaugural AW Continental Champion. That'll be my guess. But if it's John Moxley, that'd definitely be a mistake. I got Julie Hart retaining over Abaddon. I got Tony Storm retaining over Riho. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the Sex Gods getting the victory that they don't need. That eight man tag team match is so random and mid that I I don't care for it. What the fuck does Sting and Darby Allen have to do with Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara? Maybe I'm missing something for Collision that I haven't been watching, but I feel like they're just throwing Sting and Darby Allen on the pay-per-view just to have them on there. So, whatever. Um, I got Christian Cage defeating Adam Copeland. Uh, Nick Wayne and the MILF uh, will help. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Nick Wayne and the MILF. Um, yes, Nick Wayne and the MILF will help uh, Christian Cage retain his title. Um, I got... Keith Lee defeating Swerve. I got um, I got Andrade beating Miro. And then I got NGF retaining over Samoa Joe. That'll be my predictions for AEW World's End live on pay-per-view this Saturday night from uh, Long Island, New York at the Nassau Coliseum. Yes! <laughs> and on that note, we ask the question each and every single week, what the hell's wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Everything. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. This shit, I'm out. All right. What the hell's wrong? AW's in the books. The final one of 2023. <laughs> I do want to apologize again. I should have been better for that X Men impression, but um, uh, this lack of uh, my care for this pay per view is uh, showing its true colors, if you will. All right, folks, we got a couple more things we got to do before we head out here. We got a loaded edition of the Backports Q&A session this week. So 
Uh, we're going to make this sec- this next segment go by really fast, actually. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to crown a new winner in the segment that we like to call the Clown of the Week. I'm not Clown. 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 You're big Clown. 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 One more time for good measure. I'm not Clown. 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 You're big Clown. 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 <laughs> All right, folks, uh, time to crown a brand new winner of the Clown of the Week. And uh, we'll make some football picks here as well. My uh, winner of the Clown of the Week this week goes out to Jair Alexander of the Green Bay Packers. Did you guys hear this shit the other day about him uh, throwing himself into the middle of the coin toss, which almost hurt his team's chances of winning the game uh, the other day against the Carolina Panthers? Not only are you messing up with the Packers, let's say the the Panthers won that game, you'd be fucking with the Bears too. So Jair Alexander, you, my friend, are a clown. Uh, Packers decided to suspend him for this week because of his uh, Jack Assian manner and the way he was conducting himself. So I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I hate the me first type of people. I, I can't stand that. I just can't. Um, so Jair Alexander, you, my friend are a total incomplete and other clown. Okay. So let's go into our predictions, uh, for week 17 of the NFL season. Um, this is gonna be a big week of football. A lot of pettiness is going to come out of it. Obviously we got big gains coming up across the league, uh, with pay, uh, playoff and seedings implications galore. Uh, tonight, we got the Jets and the Browns on Thursday Night Football. I am going to go fully, completely in with the Cleveland Browns here and Joe Flacco. Uh, I think they will defeat uh, the Jets, so that's my pick there. The Lions against the Cowboys live on ESPN this Saturday night. How about that? A primetime Saturday event. This should be a good game, actually. But your boy is going to go with... The Cowboys, uh, unfortunately. I think the Cowboys will beat the Lion. Um, I have the Bills over the Patriots. Uh, that's definitely an easy victory there for Buffalo. Um, we got the Bears at home against the Atlanta Falcons. This game will be on CBS. I got the Bears getting a victory on home turf. Their final home game of the season. I think the Bears will get a victory and move to 7-9. and nine. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game coming up on Sunday. By the way, that game will be on CBS, folks. Uh, by the way, guys, for those who live here in Chicago, it will be on CBS, not Fox. Very rare to have an NSC matchup on, Fox, uh, on CBS. <laughs> Speaking of CBS, we have the Raiders taking a trip to Indianapolis uh, to take on the Colts. Um, This should be a very good game. I'm going to go with the upset here and then give a shout-out to my boy Adam Daly. I'm going to go with the Oakland, my bad, the Las Vegas Raiders over the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go with the Raiders on that one. Um, Really quick, I wanted to mention this really quick. I hope you guys had a wonderful uh, time with your families for uh, Christmas. I this was one of the better Christmas I've had in a long time. Uh this one was very special for me. 
Um, I had a great time with my family, a lot of other stuff on the side that I won't mention right now. But um, I really enjoyed Christmas. Um, I want to give a big shout out to my dad. Uh, he hooked me up with the, one of the newer Xbox. Um, uh, it was really thoughtful for him to give me that. So um, I want to give a shout out to my dad. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, I love the system, man. It's it's great. I, I I don't mind PlayStation, but Xbox is on another level. Like so, like for example, for me, Xbox and PlayStation, WWE, AW. It's basically the same thing for me. So um, I want to give a shout out to my dad because uh, it's pretty cool that he got me that. And I've been playing uh, some Madden twenty four recently, which has been fun to play. I like the little changes that they added to the game. By the way. It's a little more difficult than previous editions where it's kind of like copy and paste Madden. I thought this year's game is more a little more difficult. Uh, but anyways, let's continue on with the picks here. I just want to give a quick shout out to my dad. Um, but anyways, we got the Rams at the Giants. That game will be on Fox in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Big game for the Rams as they're trying to get a wild card spot. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams with this one. I think the Rams will beat the Giants. Uh, Eagles, Cardinals, Eagles, all the way. This is going to be a blowout. So let's go with the Eagles on that one. Um, Saints at Bucks, NFC South matchup. This should be a very hard one to pick, but I'm going to go with the Buccaneers at home. Um, I don't trust Derek Carr on the road, and I think the Bucks defense will give uh, the Saints some problems. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Um, 49ers over the Commanders, that's an easy one. Let's go with the 49ers on that one. Uh, that game is kind of mid, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, Panthers at the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Let's go with the uh, Jaguars. Uh, Ravens at home against the Dolphins. This is an early afternoon game on CBS. This should be a big time Matchup. I wonder if Jim Nance and Tony Romo are calling this game. You know what? I think it's time for the Ravens to get humbled a little bit. I know they got a big victory over the 49ers this week. I'll go with an upset. I'll go with Miami this week to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. I am going with the Dolphins to beat the Ravens this week. That's my upset pick. Uh, I, um, I know my buddy Brandon Martin will not like that because he's a Ravens fan. i my favorite team in the AFC is the Ravens, but I think they need to be humbled a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins on the road. All right. Uh, Titans at Texans. I'm going to go with the Texans. Um, I don't know if Mike Vrabel is going to be on the hot seat or not, but the Titans are a bad organization and they need to rebuild. So uh, I'm going to go with the Texans on that one. How about this one? This game is on Fox. It's a late afternoon game. Steelers at Seahawks. Well, it's going to be very dicey for Mike Tomlin because his uh, streak of consecutive seasons without a losing record is going to be on the line because I am going to go with the Seahawks with the victory at home against the Steelers. I think the Seahawks are a better team and more hungry than the Steelers are. Uh, Broncos against Chargers. We got Easton Stick against Jared Stidham. You guys see what happened this week? Uh, Sean Payne decided to bench Russell Wilson. I did not see that coming. But I'm going to go with the Broncos at home. This is really a toss-up game, but I'm going to go with the Broncos just for the hell of it. 
Um, Bengals at Chiefs. Bengals coming off their loss last week against the Steelers. Uh, Chiefs are on a downward slope, but uh, they are taking on Jake Browning. They're not taking on Joe Burrow. So I'll go with the Chiefs to get a rebound victory at home. And then the last here, we'll pick here a big NFC North matchup Packers at Vikings. This will be the Sunday night football game coming up this uh, Sunday night. And the New Year's Eve edition of football on Sunday Night Football, um, we got Vikings and Packers. This one should be a very physical game. Uh, honestly, I think this one's kind of a toss-up, to be honest with you. You could go either way. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think the Vikings get a victory here. Uh, the Packers' defense is not great. Uh, Jair Alexander getting suspended is not going to help him. I think the Vikings get a big victory at home. So I'm going to go with the Vikings there. Those are my predictions. No, for week 17 of the NFL season. Looking forward to it. We'll see what happens tonight on Thursday Night Football. On that note, we're going to take one more commercial break. And when we come back, we'll get into the main event of this segment, otherwise known as the Back Force Q&A session right here. On the Hoots Podcast. Guys, before I, we get to our back porch skinning session, just a little cl- uh, quick clip here. I want to play from Michael Jordan, a little piece of uh, motivation as I've been uh, reflecting on what 2023 has taught me. Um, I love to, uh, like I said earlier, I'd love to hear from you guys. What has this year taught you about yourself? Um, let me know. I'd love to see you guys' responses, but. Uh, with the last dance being a big part of my life and uh, source of motivation, I want to play a little clip here from Michael Jordan and um, give you a little bit of my side from my point of view of how I uh, attack things uh, professionally and um, making sure I'm at the best that I am at that I'm at. So let's play this clip here a little bit. And you're hungry? Are you full yet? No, you feel yourself getting full because. Each time that you win, it takes away a little bit of that hunger, you know, which um, is, is a challenge within itself. You know, it's a battle within the, 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 your mind to find a challenge to go to that same place that you've been five times before, you know, and that's hard. You know, um, you know when people say, well, the first one was the hardest, no. The last one's the hardest because you're battling with yourself. If I can really elaborate on why I said myself more so than another athlete is that because a lot of times I had to battle with myself and keep challenging myself. You know, that to me was why I would say the biggest battle was was myself because when you get to a certain pinnacle, you got to find some ways to keep going out there for 82 games. Do you think you have a gambling problem at all? No, because I can stop gambling. I have a competition problem. Uh, competitive problem. Now we can compete for a dollar, mm-hmm. and compete for ten dollars, or whatever. 
but uh, it's a matter of competing. It's so do not you compete the, based upon who can pay, how much they can pay? No, it's not the matter of who can pay. Who is it, if you just say let's play for ten dollars. Yeah, if we play, you don't have to pay me. It okay. doesn't matter. Okay. You know, if you don't have oh, to pay. Oh, I would me. pay you though. You would not have that on me. You would not be saying I didn't pay you. Okay? But I mean, it was just a matter of the competition that I that I enjoyed. And Let me ask you this: Kevin used to take practices and put me in the starting five, and we, you know, he'd make it a competitive thing where the losing team have to run. So now we, I'm on the winning team, and halfway in the game, halfway in the situation, he would switch me to the losing team. So I, I, I take that as a competitive thing by you trying to test me, and by nine times out of ten. The second team would come back and win no matter what he did. And you still want to do that as a pro when you leave basketball? Yeah, I do. A lot of people say I couldn't do it, which is more energy for me to, to try to do it. You know, uh, it just drives me when people say I can't do anything. That means I'm going to certainly try to achieve it even harder. My competitive drive is, is far greater than anyone else that I've met. You know, I think that I thrive on that. I think that's my biggest motivation in life, you know, is to, to, to compete. You know, find different competitions and certain things in life and, and, and try to overcome that, you know, be it positive or negative. But uh, I have yet to meet someone who is as competitive as me, you know, and I just feel that much confident about my competitive job. <laughs> I got myself a beat. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so I just wanted to play that clip for you guys. A little bit of motivation from my point of view and how I carry myself. A little bit, so I just want to show you a little bit there from uh, Michael Jordan. Okay, with that being said, let's get to our questions here for the Good Brothers slash now back porch Q&A session. First, we go to the Good Brother Chris Zaletta at X-Teen Zaletta24X. Let's draw up the X for Chris really quick. Appreciate each and every single one of you for rocking with us. By the way, you guys like this shirt? I do. I knew, like, if there was a chance that I wasn't going to be able to be in Philadelphia for WrestleMania, I wanted to make sure that I got this shirt with me. So, I like it. Makes me feel good. All right, here we go. What up, Oost? Here's a question for the Q&A this week. Thoughts on the ending to Briggs, Jensen, and Fallon? Um, I think it was overdue. Uh, I'm kind of glad it wasn't, like, a traditional sense where one of the person that attacked each other from the back, they had, like, an amicable split. So, uh, I thought this was bound to happen, but um, I thought the group as a whole had a good run together in NXT, and they should be very proud of themselves. So uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, do you see Lexus King leading a stable in the future, maybe this group in the current breakout tournament, almost like a Nexus? Uh, yeah, I could. Um, it just depends for him what he wants to do. Can he lead a faction? I think he could. Thoughts on Tanahashi, the new New Japan Pro Wrestling president. Do you see him opening doors to NXT slash WWE? I I think he I think he could. Uh, I mean, the great Muda has been associating himself a lot with WWE. Obviously, um, I, much to the chagrin of Tony Khan, I think there will be a time where New Japan and WWE does work with each other. Um, right now, I'm a little bit concerned about New Japan and its future because. Um, the way Tony Khan has kind of raided their roster and the way they say they have a, a partner in a relationship, but more it, literally New Japan is now a feeder system for AEW. And that's, that should be the case because New Japan has always been one of the most respected promotions in the world. And now it's just like, okay, impact didn't didn't want to work with us. Now, um, we have New Japan and we can bully them into 
giving us Will Ospreay and whoever uh, now Shibata is on the roster and Kota Ibushi and et cetera, et cetera. So and I know New Japan is really uh, a lot of their success is driven off the praise and the love from Dave Meltzer's in the world, but I thought the company had more class and more self-respect in, uh, in cojones, to be honest with you, to be just completely walked over by AEW. Um, and it's sad to see. So, I mean, I'm happy for Tanahashi. He's a legend. He's helped that company more than anybody, probably more than, probably more than Okada to a certain extent. But Tanahashi is a great ambassador for New Japan, and I'm curious to see what he does. It's going to be very interesting. Um, do you think it's possible New Japan starts to step back from AEW a little at some point? Um, I would hope so because it, I think it's overdue. I really do. Uh, next question here. He says, um, Cross and AOP, AOP, do you like the pairing? Yes, I do. I did see that on SmackDown last week, and I thought that was very, very cool. So I did like that. Yes. Who wins? Danielson, Okada, too. I'm going to go with Okada. I think he gets his rebound victory. Um, with Danielson losing at uh, last night, it doesn't affect him if he loses at uh, to the Tokyo Dome. It's more important for him to be on that show than actually winning the match. So uh, I think Okada will beat Danielson. Um, have you noticed the instigating on commentary from Nigel to Danielson during his match is likely to see a match at All In? Um, I think it's more storyline. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did have a match with each other, but at the same time, you know, um, I don't really watch Collision that much. There's not much to watch since CM Punk left, so <laughs> I really don't know what's going on. Which is the same because when Collision started, I loved the show. I love the fact that Nigel's on commentary. Uh, Nigel's the best commentator that they have there at AEW, um, but. Um, I, I can't get into collision anymore. I, I just can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> uh, which match are you looking forward to the most for New Year's Evil? Good question. I am looking forward to Live Valkyria and Blair Davenport. I think that's going to be a fantastic match. And I'm also looking forward to um, Trick Williams and Ilya Dragunov. Those are the two I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, thoughts on the Russell Wilson's Denver situation? Um, it's unfortunate, but uh, it looks like Mr. Unlimited won't see through his contract in Denver. So um, it's unfortunate. I'm sure Russell will find another team to play for next season. Would be surprised if Russell Wilson goes to the New York Giants. Uh, throwing that out there. <laughs> All right, next question. What program slash feuds would you like NXT slash WWE and AW in 2024? God, man, that's a lot. <laughs> um, okay. I want to see Kevin Owens against Randy Orton. Um, I would love to see something where we have uh, Seth and Sammy get to more of a just a personal like feud or title uh, feud program. I'd like to see that. Uh, would definitely like to see Punk and Drew McIntyre if McIntyre decides to stick around with the company. Uh, other ones for Punk, would love to see obviously him and Rollins. Um, uh, like to see uh, Punk and Ray go after the Judgment Day. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, as far as Roman's concerned, obviously like to rekindle the stuff with Cody. Uh, you know, maybe have. 
Roman and uh, Bobby Lashley down the road. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, definitely want to see Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. There, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. And, you know, who knows? But I do believe we will see Jay Cargill at the Royal Rumble. I do believe that. So that, that option is out there. But um, we'll have to see what's going to go on with the women's title scene on SmackDown because I think it'd probably be a scenario where Bianca will fight Io for the title, right? Now, since Charlotte got injured, I think Bianca will get her title back at the Royal Rumble. I'm sure that match will be announced in a couple of weeks. So um, I think Bianca will be the women's champion going into WrestleMania. Then we have to see who's fighting her at that show. So we'll have to see how that goes. But those are the little ones here and there. Um, obviously, um, you got the guys from NXT coming up soon. Uh, definitely would love to see Gunther against um, Braun Breaker. I think that'd be cool. Um, I saw the, they had a the match before on NXT. I, I do remember that. But there, there's a lot of different ones to choose from. Uh, so, um, who steps up in 2024 in the sync, uh, promotions? Um, I think, uh, Hook takes another step in 2024. I, I think that, uh, Soraya will hopefully get some momentum behind her again because, um, I thought she was done dirty with her woman's title reign, to be honest with you. So, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about her future, but, um, let's see. Uh, definitely like to see a little bit more of, uh, Juice Robinson in 2024, see if he uh, gains some momentum. Um, I think Nathan Frazier from NXT could do some good stuff. Um, uh, I think Kalani Jordan could probably get some momentum against the babyface. I think somewhere down the road next year, Roxanne Perez turns into a heel. Um, I think JC Jane uh, goes to another level. Like She starts fighting for the singles title. Um, so those are the ones really off the top of my head with that particular question. And then another one from AW, I'd probably go with, um, let's see. I think Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne will have another big year of growth for him. So I think Nick Wayne will do some good stuff as well. And then I, I think 2024 is going to be a really big year for like powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks and guys like that. So the, that, that's the one really like off the top of my head that I can think of. Uh, the other one's really quick. The last question here for Chris, he says, top 10 moments in matches from across wrestling in 2023. Here we go. Um, let's do this. We'll do... Um, I got to think about this properly. All right. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Judgment Day, the, uh, the Steel City Street Fight from Payback is one that really stood out the most to me. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Olivier and Osprey from the, uh, from Wrestle Kingdom um, this year. I like that match a lot. Um, definitely got to go with Roman and uh, Solo against the Usos at Money in the Bank. I love that match a lot. Um, Sammy and Roman from uh, the Elimination Chamber. Go with go with MJF and Brian Danielson from uh, Revolution, the uh, the Iron Man match that was really good. Um, 
Brian Danielson and uh, Ricky Starks, the uh, match that they had at All Out. All Out is <laughs> another one. Um, let's see. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre, obviously. Uh, Cody and Roman is my match of 2023. And I see um, the Osprey-Olivier match from um, Forbidden Door was really good as well. But uh, there's also a couple ones from the G1 that I just wanted to mention really quick, if that's okay. Um, I didn't I didn't get to do too much of impact to really pick out of the litter there. But uh, Naito and Osprey from the G1 was one of my favorite matches of the year that I typed out. And also, um, you know, yeah, and Okada and Naito in the finals as well. That was another great match as well. So... Those are the ones off the top of my head. But uh, Chris, and as far as moments, of course, CM Punk returning to the WWE is my number one moment of 2023. Thank you, Chris, for the questions this week. As always, brother, I appreciate you. Hope you have a good new year. We go to our last set of questions here for the good brother, Mike Rubio at Main Event Swerve Don in Houston, Texas. He says, what a boost. It's good to hop on the back porch for the last time this year. You certainly gave us a lot to think about in self-reflection and in the world of wrestling, including the pod itself. Here are some questions to close out the year. Number one, I appreciate you giving your song the year, but if there was a consistent pick like college football does for all American picks, could Luke Combs' Fast Car cover be the consensus song of the year? I believe so, and now I, this is full, hundred percent transparency for me. I'm not as in tune with today's like radio scene and what's hot and not. I really don't pay too much clutch, uh, too much attention to the like top 100 Billboard and stuff like that. I know I, I'm heavy into music, but I'm not into that extent, so I'm not really as tuned as to what's hot or not. Like uh, I know the Billie Eilish. Um, what I was made for song. I, I I love that song, but I only heard it because I saw it in the Barbie movie. I, I didn't hear <laughs> that much on the radio. I, I don't really listen to the radio that much for music these days because I don't get out as much. So, um, but yeah, consensus, I can definitely say that uh, Fast Car cover from Luke Holmes uh, was, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, no disagreement on my end, if you will. <laughs> Fast Car, a great song. I was listening to it last night. Um, what was your favorite moment of the year for you and your favorite story or event this year? Uh, my favorite moment for me this year, obviously, was seeing CM Punk come back to the WWE. I, I just uh, Knowing that moment was going to happen was just very special. I wish I was there in person, but... Um, getting to appreciate the moment as it happened while I was covering the show uh, meant a lot to me because of the fact that I, I lost my job early this year. And then here we are closing out the year, and I'm covering a live pay-per-view from Chicago, and my favorite wrestler comes back to the promotion that nobody thought he would ever come back to. Like For me professionally and as the biggest CM Punk fan in the world, that meant, that meant the world to me. So... Uh, that night, November 25th, is the night I'll never forget. So um, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Punk for that. <laughs> That's a good question. And as far as my favorite show of the year, I'm going to go with either Wrestle Kingdom or um, 
WrestleMania. Um, I, I also loved Money in the Bank. I thought Money in the Bank was a great pay-per-view this year in London, and the backlash one in Puerto Rico was a lot of fun as well. But um, do you have a New Year's resolution or multiple ones to share? For me, it's to get back in the gym at least twice a week, hopefully more. Um, I don't. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Um, I have set goals that I already have ahead of me that I'm trying to shoot for, obviously with this project that I've been working on. And more importantly, I'm just holding myself to be accountable and consistent with what I'm doing and not taking a step back. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just continue to make sure that I hit the goals I need to hit with this workout project and just continue to be happy. Like, that's the biggest thing for me right now. So, like, I don't really have a New Year's resolution because I already know what I need to work on and I've been working on it for the last six months. So, it's really... It's not new information. It's not anything new or whatever. It's just me being consistent with what I'm doing and getting closer and closer to that goal. Like I said earlier, I'm kind of I'm at like 35, 40% as far as like getting closer to the goal that I want to reach. We got a lot of work to do, but I will hit that goal. I will. Okay, we have lost some incredible people the past few years. So who is the one celebrity you would bring back to Earth in their prime? Oh, man, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Jackson. I think for me it's probably Michael for sure. I never got to see him perform live in person. So I, I'll go with Michael Jackson. Um, let's see. What's the best concert you have ever been to with seasonal slash specific theme? For me, it was ironically the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Have you ever seen those guys live? I have not seen those guys live. I want to, but um, I, not nothing really seasonal specific theme. Uh, my uh, the only concerts I ever been to are Eagles concerts. Um, I went to an Eagles concert uh, last March, I believe. Um, yeah, I went to. I went to an Eagles concert at the United Center. Um, they were having uh, the Hotel California tour, and they played the entire Hotel California album front to back, and then they did a great hits uh, set after that. So I got to see that at the United Center. That was my favorite concert that I went to. Um, what is what is your one unvisited U.S. bucket list destination to see? Wow. Man, I got I got a lot to choose from. I got I got Maine. Um, I want to check out Maine on the East Coast because I, I like the scenery and stuff. I that'd be pretty cool. I like to see um, obviously L.A. I've never been to L.A. before. I'd like to see New York. I haven't been to New York before. Uh, so those are the ones off the top of my head for that. Uh, speaking of destinations, who has the greatest chance to celebrate a championship in Philadelphia in 2024, the Rock or the Eagles? Um, it'll be the Eagles, but speaking of the Eagles, let me check out this shirt. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you buy that the Rock is coming back to WWE again after telling some make-a-wish kids that he may have to lay the smackdown this spring? I think he will. I, One way or another, I think the Rock will be a part of WrestleMania. Do I think The Rock will have a match at Roman Reigns against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40? No, I don't. I do think it'll be a scenario where The Rock and somebody beats up Grayson Waller in Austin Theory. You heard it here first on the Hoots podcast. <laughs> 
All right, let's go to the next question. What are your thoughts on your White Sox picking up my Astros catcher and two-time World Series champion Martin Machete, Maldonado, a catcher? Uh, I like to pick him, man. Um, I was kind of done with Yusmani Grandal, and we needed a new catcher anyway. So it was a nice pickup for the White Sox. So uh, not too shabby. Also, what do you think of the Dodgers picking up two huge free agents, including Otani, still going to lose in the NLDS, or will this create a dynasty? Uh, I think this is going to backfire for them, just like the Albert Pujols contract backfired for the Angels. That's my opinion. What's your favorite college bowl game to watch, if not college football playoff? I, I usually wait for the national championship game, but I don't really have a particular bowl game. I guess you could say the Rose Bowl game uh, would be my favorite. Um I'm not a big college football fan, so <laughs> I wasn't trying to be like rude with the answer. I'm just not a big college football guy. What team is the biggest pretender in the NFL? One with a lot of hype that will likely flop in the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, the Chiefs. Uh, that's that's definitely two off the top of my head. Number 13, is it just me or is get up a show with a bunch of unproven or mediocre NFL players being negative about actual stars like Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts? No, get up is just a bad show. Um, I like Mike Greenberg, but that show and that format is just so repug, so JoJo Dutch that I can't even begin to explain to you how annoying get up is for me. Like, I, I can't enjoy it. It's not fun to watch. Uh, I don't care about Dominique Foxworth or Bart Scott and all these cast-off and has-beens on that show. It's just not fun to watch. I, I don't care for it. I just don't. I was at the gym for the first time in weeks and Get Up was on TV. Can you believe they agreed that the Bears should have uh, Caleb Williams at quarterback instead of Justin Fields? Do you agree? <laughs> Look, I, for what I see from Caleb Williams, I have my doubts. And the main thing is that I've seen how the city is and how they treat quarterbacks and seeing how easily sensitive he is. And from what he seems like he's, he's acting like a diva already and the way he was conducting himself like a jackass before he won the Heisman last year. I know he has a lot of talent and I'm not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, but I don't think he can handle Chicago. I just don't think he can. And you need somebody to handle this market because this city and the media that we have here will run quarterbacks out of the city. And it's unfortunate because, really, like I said all the time, the city of Chicago wouldn't know what quarterback development would look like if it slapped them in the face. So I don't think that the Bears should get rid of Justin Fields for Caleb Williams, but – I'm not going to throw a hissy fit if they do end up getting him. You know, this is, it's a business, and for whatever reason, maybe Justin Fields is not the guy that they need at the moment for the team. I don't agree with that. I like the way Justin's been playing over the last month or so, and I don't think he's really necessarily had a bad season. I know he had the injury earlier, but um outside of maybe two or three games i haven't thought that just was like a lost cause or whatever but um i'm curious to see how it goes for the rest of the season uh with that with that question is pro football talks mike florio clown of the week for saying the 49ers would kick the shit out of the Ravens, only to have lamar jackson call him out after the game on live tv 
Um, yeah, <laughs> when you uh, pump out your chest like that and uh, be so bold with a proclamation like that, yeah, you're definitely worthy of being a clown of the week. <laughs> what is your prediction? No, of the better show. New Year's Evil and NXT, Raw's Day 1, or SmackDown's New Year's Revolution? That's a very good question. I'm stuck between uh, New Year's Evil or Raw Day 1. Like, I'm stuck between those two, but I'm going to edge out and go with Day 1 because I think CM Punk will open the show with the promo, and I, there's a lot of good matches on that card that I'm looking forward to. How about this one? Have you heard the new podcast, Over the Top Rope from Wondry? It tends to like Michelle Beale's work, and it's a neat idea of 90-second discussion followed by a choice whether to talk about the same thing or chase topics or Rumble style. I have heard about it. I know Peter Roseberg is part of that podcast as well. Um, I think it's cool. I like the concept. Speaking of unique ideas, what do you think AEW's best ideas so far? Well, it's not the Continental Classic, much to the chagrin of wrestling Twitter that thinks the Continental Classic is better than the G1. I don't know what the fuck you guys are smoking. But <laughs> uh, best idea? That's a good question. It's beautiful hard for me. That's why I'm kind of struggling trying to find the answer for this one. Um, man, best idea that AW's done. I like the way I like the way that they do cage matches. Um, I like the fact that they just keep it to pinfall and submission. That's my that that's probably my favorite thing. I, it's not a big idea, but it's a little different where you're not using the cage door to escape like you would for a WWE cage match. I like the way that AEW goes about like their cage matches and uh, blood and guts. Uh, so uh, that probably be my favorite one. Um, can you imagine having CM Punk and hyping him up to decide to highlight him in your company's third most popular show, but not the second or first? What was Cody? What, what was Tony Khan thinking with that one? He wasn't thinking. That's what happens when you uh, partake in drugs and uh, let the dirt sheets dictate your wrestling promotion. I'm hearing a lot of buzz about returns for World Rumble season. So with that, which is more likely or unlikely? AJ Lee returning with the whole lighted up entrance vibe? Or Matt Cardona just returning as Matt, not Zack Ryder? Is he serious, bro? (laughs) Uh, That's funny. That's a good question. I I can see both of them being there, Mike. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards more AJ Lee returning. It'll get a big pop. Obviously, the show's going to be in Tampa Bay. AJ has history in Tampa Bay because she was the FCW town before she got into NXT. So, kind of full circuit, full circle moment for her. I do believe we'll see AJ Lee at the Royal Rumble. I do believe that. Of uh, all the teams in the hunt, who will be the biggest surprise in the ASC and NSC to reach the playoffs? Uh, for the NSC, I'm going to go with the Rams, man. I've been really impressed with what they've been able to pull off this year with their roster. I wasn't really crazy about it when they first uh, were presented in the offseason and stuff like that, but they, they surprised me, man. Uh, Sean McVay has done a really good job with um, what's, what's been going on. Uh, 
As far as surprises, I'm I'm going to go with the Rams, like I said, on the NFC side. And then for the uh, ASC, as far as in the hunt, um, I believe that um, I think Cleveland will – I think Cleveland has a good shot of uh, getting like a road victory on the road on the playoffs. I do believe that. So I'm going to go with Cleveland and the Rams. Those are my picks for that. I know you were super young during Michael Jordan's era and all, but I'm curious, especially with the 90s review series on Hulu, what was your favorite non-Bulls thing of the 90s? Grudge music. Nirvana and Soundgarden. <laughs> I've been listening a lot to Black Hole Sun recently. I did a guitar cover it a few weeks ago, but uh, me and my uh, special person, um, she's a really big fan of uh, that uh, Black Hole Sun music video. And I, I hear it almost every other night now. So <laughs> kind of got that song stuck in my head. But I got to go with uh, Black Hole Sun and um, uh, Nirvana. And, of course, Biggie. I, I think music, I think outside of wrestling and the bull stuff, I think really what made the 90s and 90s was the music. Um Music and a lot, it was just a really, really interesting time period. It just seemed like everything seemed to like click on every level movies, television, the way of life, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I was born in the 90s and I know I was young, but I do remember a little bit of what it was like during that time period, and I'm very appreciative of it. So What's the forgotten stuff for you that you either heard re- recently thought was still awesome or one you wish would make a comeback? For me, it's Hey Baby with Pitbull and T-Bane is still a banker. Um, no, nah, that's a pretty simple answer there. Tipping on full fours, clipping full fours. <laughs> yeah, we got to get some. Mike Jones, who? Mike Jones, who? Yeah, we got to have uh, still tipping with um, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, and um, – that crew, man. <clears throat> clear my throat there. Get some agua there. Been talking a lot. <laughs> All right, let's do two more questions here. Uh, a few more. If you had a magic wand, what's the one thing you would change in AW to make it better? Um, get rid of Aubrey Edwards. This is the one thing I would do. I would remove Excalibur from out. I would remove Excalibur and Tony Schiavone off of commentary. I think those two enable the complacency that sifts through that promotion. I think Tony Schiavone is fine if you want to have him do interviews on the stage or in the ring or whatever or backstage, but Tony doing commentary during the show needs to stop. If, if it was up to me, one change that I would make is removing Tony Schiavone from the booth and also removing Excalibur and have either Ian Riccoboni or Kevin Kelly call the matches on Dynamite. That's just me. Um, what would you like to see if fans get their wish? An office gets a reboot in 2024. What return or should change about the show? I'm not really sure about changing. I mean... I don't know if they're bringing the whole cast together. I haven't really looked into that whole situation, Mike. I know there have been a lot of reboots and a lot of new 
things that they're reprising on these streaming networks because there's a lack of creativity in Hollywood these days. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, last question here. Any interest in seeing the NHL Winter Classic with some outdoor hockey games between the leagues? New scenes, the Golden Knights, and the Seattle Kraken. He says, well, thanks for answering a super-sized set of questions for me, but I guess I have some catching up to do. Have a happy new year. Enjoy all the sports and wrestling and action to come to start the next year. Thanks. I appreciate you, Mike, for the question. Uh, to answer this final one, um, yeah, I watch it. Um, usually for me with hockey, I always watch the Winter Classic and then I wait for the playoffs. And if the Hawks are not there, I don't watch it until the Stanley Cup Finals. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I always say I've always been a big fan of like hockey video games. It's always been one of my favorites to play. So uh, yes, <laughs> definitely would check that out. But on that note, um, that concludes our segment known as the Backports Q&A session, and we're going to put a ribbon on the bow for this episode, and that concludes episode 393 of the Who's Podcast. We go now from 7 to 6. We're getting closer and closer, ladies and gentlemen. Today was a very therapeutic episode for me. Um, I'm glad I was able to get some stuff off my chest earlier, but I want to express, like I said earlier, like I'm in a really happy place. I'm very happy with what I have here with my support system here um, at my house and getting to reconnect with my dad's side of the family. Um, I have no complaints on that, Ed, trust me. Um, I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. And I, um, um, I'm very, I'm very appreciative, uh, very grateful. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, I, I'm, I'm just reminded with the reality for me inside my heart. I can't live here anymore. <laughs> I just can't. And I'm not, I'm not talking about here in the apartment. I could be here for many years if I wanted to. What I'm saying is that I'm, I'm just ready to get out of Chicago more than anything. It has nothing to do with my family. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It has to do with what makes me happy. And that's just the truth of the matter. And I, I can't be in Chicago anymore. That's the biggest thing. So, and it's true, man. I, I could be doing everything I'm doing right now anywhere in the country. So I'm not saying I'm just buying time here because it's not the case. I've been able to work on myself and um, grow as a human being and an, an adult and all that fun stuff. And it, it's been good. But we all have our wants. And I can't be criminalized for that. You know, I can't be looked down on that. What I want and need is not in the city anymore. The one girl that I did have a uh, care for and wanted to give a real shot at is always in and out of relationships. <laughs> I can't waste time with that, you know, even though she is a family friend. It is what it is. But it's not even just that. It's more importantly, like the professional stuff, you know. I know that doors are just not going to open at the score of 1,000, no matter how many times they bring me in for interviews or whatever the fuck. Like, I, I keep doing interviews. They tell me I have a good resume. They like the interviews. They enjoy the conversations. Yet, here I am still talking to you guys. But that's not a bad thing because I love talking to you guys. And I'm very grateful for the fact that you guys still rock with me after all these years. So, um, I appreciate the support. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, if you ever have a question for the Hoots Podcast suggestion, just like this segment here, hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. 
remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. In the Mando series, you always have to be the authentic product that is yourself. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Make sure to enjoy your holiday season as it continue on. Happy New Year. If we, if we don't put out any new content by the time uh, it turns to 2024, make sure to enjoy World's End this weekend. And um, well, once we start next week, um, we'll get not only into 2024, but we're getting closer and closer to episode 400. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Please, if you can, report at Josh Lopez Media on Instagram and let them know at Josh Lopez Music is trying to get his personal page back. Please do that on Instagram. That would mean a lot to me. Also, uh, check out my work at WrestlingHeadlines.com. And all that being said, make sure to like the video, subscribe, tell your friend about the show. Please, if you're going to share the shows, also share it on Spotify. We need to get a thousand listeners specifically on Spotify to qualify for a bastard ad. So if you, it would really help me out from a financial point of view. I'm not going to lie about that. But it, it, anything that could help us get closer to making this a uh, sustainable thing where I don't have to put a, uh, I don't have to pull the plug to show that would mean a lot to me. So um, I appreciate the support, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I did get a last slew of questions here from Sam that I didn't want to forget here. He says, is, Kedar, is Connor Bedard the best athlete in Chicago? Yes. What is the best matchless angle AEW has ever done? CM Punk and NJF dog collar match. Um, who do you want to see win the Women's Rumble? I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. On that one, Sam, that's my pick for that one. And then his other questions here were, put yourself in Ryan Paul's shoes. What's your final decision on Justin Fields heading into the offseason? Um, I don't have a pick the fifth-year option. Justin stays. You draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and you let Justin decide his future for himself and Eberflusses. I don't think Ryan Poles is in any position where he's going to get fired in the next couple of seasons, but um, I would keep Justin. That's what I would do. But that's just me. I would keep Justin Fields. Um, what town deserves WrestleMania the most? That's a good question. Um, let's go with, like, Minnesota. I know it's a little strange and random out there, but why not? Let's Let's do Minnesota or... Indianapolis, you know, why does it always got to be in freaking Florida? <laughs> why, does, why is it always going to be on the West Coast? Um, I'd say Minnesota and Indianapolis because they haven't had it, uh, especially Minnesota, they, they never had a WrestleMania. Um, but also i like to say that, you know, it's always a good time when they have WrestleMania in New Orleans. Uh, how about this one? Uh, did the new cross angle have you intrigued? Yes. Uh, I am a big fan of Karrion Cross. Have always been a fan of his since I first saw him in Impact and Lucha Underground, and uh, I'm I'm intrigued. I I really am intrigued. But I want to thank Mike, Chris, and Sam for the questions this week, and I want to thank all of you for rocking with me today for episode 393 of the Hoots Podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week in 2024. Yay! Bye bye, bitch.